0: Hey, Marie. Hi, Diane. How you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I am good, good, good. Happy Sunday.
1: Happy Sunday. So I guess this is episode two?
0: Yes. Well, I um, sent it out on my email and text and Facebook. I got a lot of good reviews on our first episode. So Cousins Dropping Knowledge. People are waiting on this episode two. So we're gonna be the Netflix of anchor. So
1: wonderful.
0: <laughs> so this time we're gonna be talking about um jobs and job searches and careers. And since you and I probably have had close to thirty to forty jobs between the both of us, we might be an expert on this subject. <laughs> so.
1: Absolutely.
0: So I, you, uh, when you said you want to talk about jobs, you said that um, you had developed some type of formula or career process that people need to look at. So let's start with that. Let's start at see what you learned from having your jobs that someone else can learn from you so we can drop some knowledge on career choices and career movement. So what's your plan?
1: So what I wanted to do is, first of all, uh, let everybody know that I'm working from my gift shop right now. So you may hear a lot of cars going by and you may even hear um, a uh, fire truck or two because it seems like fire trucks go by this street a lot. So if you hear that, that's the reason. I'm on a busy street right now in a building. But what I wanted to do is I know you and I have We've had a lot of jobs, and I told you that one day I wrote down all my jobs. I'm on job 18 now, okay. uh, and you told me that you've written down all your jobs. So I do want to give us the opportunity to talk about you know, some of those jobs, how we got those jobs, interviewing for those positions, but I wanted to start out by talking about a career planning model. Because when I started to do a lot of work around people quitting jobs, people not liking jobs, quitting jobs, feeling stuck in jobs, I started to look for, okay, how do people decide on the jobs that they get, the careers that they have? And the model I found was something that I could relate to because it was a metaphor of a sailboat, a journey of a sailboat.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and so it's called the career sailboat model. Um. And if you think about a sailboat, so you think about the boat, you think it has the sails, the two sails, it's, it's in the water, right? Mm -hmm. The whole point of this is that your career is like a journey. So that career being like a journey and that, you know, that career is the sailboat is you cannot stay stuck at a port. You know, that's not the reason for sailboats they get in the water if they go somewhere right mm-hmm. so it's okay that I had 18 jobs and how many jobs have you had Diane did you count them I
0: think it was
1: 26 <laughs> 26 okay so you can do the math so we're almost at 50 right so it's okay that sounds like a lot but it's okay because think if you think about it like the sailboat and we kept the, it moving <laughs> we kept it moving we we went from port to port and because of that we can drop knowledge right yeah you know there are people that have stayed in one job their whole career and that's wonderful if you can do that that's not easy to do anymore you know it's certainly not easy to do and with the hopes of a pension at the end of that so sometimes you have to move around in order to to because you have to because the job ends you know or it, or there are other obstacles that are that that present themselves. But but in this model, and hopefully this will help people, especially younger people who are trying to, to make decisions about the next job or their career, is that think about the sailboat, the boat itself as your personal factors. That's the body of the sailboat. So that's what your interests, your skills, your values. You have to know that. That's critical to know that. Mm-hmm. And we know that because there's some jobs we've left. Because of values, because our values didn't match up with the companies we were working with, right? Exactly. That's important to know.
0: Um,
1: And then the other thing is like one of the sales being the social factors. Social factors meaning things like family you grew up in, your gender, your race. These are those factors you can't change and there are discriminatory laws around those factors. Right. Those are some of the factors that when you're interviewing, they come up even on your resume with your name, right? So, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that if we get an opportunity about what to put on the resume, what not to put on your resume. Um, and so that's one of the sales. That's a big sale, you can't change that. Um, the other sale would be things that happen in the environment, you know, the economy, legal environment, educational system. So for example, when there's a downturn in the economy, what happens? Those are some of the factors you can't change and those are the systematic factors. Everyone may be dealing with those factors, right? Mm-hmm. And then the final thing is the big thing, is that, okay, you make the choice to go out and move your boat from that port. The first thing you're going to do is what? Look for the next port you're going to go to, right? right? So what is the next type of job you want to have? So now you have to, un, you know, you have to get out in the water. That's mm-hmm. the chance. The chance is the water, the waves, the wind, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. how long it takes you to get to that other job, that other port. Um, but that's, and, and, and a lot of that to me is that chance is like fear and doubt and uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? That's why A lot of people stay stuck in the same profession, same career for a long time. Um, But as you're going to find as we go through this podcast, for those that are listening to at least this episode, Diane and I have not stayed stuck. We have taken that sailboat to so many different different destinations. So wanted to, um, you know, just kind of put something out there to say something for people to look up to say, this is something that a model that I can use, you know, uh, when I am developing and coming up with my career choices. So, Diane, what were some of the jobs that you've had and those what made you kind of go to those different ports and career choices? What were some of the factors in that?
0: Well, when I wrote down all the jobs, I was like, wow. First of all, I forgot about some of the places that I worked. But then when I was before I got on the uh, call with you, I kind of looked at the jobs. And then I was thinking, there's really categories. It's not that I, not that I didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of jobs. I did have a lot of jobs. But it was kind of categories. It was jobs that I had, like, when I was uh, getting undergrad or grad school, I needed work. So those are jobs that, you know, I could work and still go get a degree. So those are category of jobs then there was categories of jobs that were really kind of career jobs that uh you know it was a 401k it was a lot of training that went to the job it was uh, it was career you know you, you know you could go up this ladder so it was those types of jobs and then there was other types of jobs that when those career jobs like you said when economic factors like um One time I was working for a a part of my career was in pharmaceutical sales, and that was the job when I came out of college, maybe three or or four years. So I stayed in the industry probably up to 20 years, but not with the same company. And some of the times um, a company would merge with another company. We were, you know, a, one of the major uh, farm, farm houses was merged with another farm company. And so they'll say, well, we don't, we're not going to duplicate sales forces because I was in sales. So we're not going to keep all of the hospital reps from this com- this company. So all the hospital reps who's coming over from, the, from my company, we're going to let them go. So I didn't have a choice in that, but- I still didn't have a job. They call it reorganization or they, you know, or, you know, transferring um, different people from different companies, but everybody that's been transferred. So if you don't get transferred, I don't care what they call it. It means you're not working. And that means you don't have a salary and that means you don't have benefits and, you know, health benefits. And so then you have, and they give you a package and that you can get, uh, and once you're, they give you unemployment. you are eligible for unemployment but when those things run out you still need a job and so some of my jobs were jobs that I had to have a job waiting on a career job and so because you still need money to pay the mortgage the rent the you know whatever you know your overhead to live and so right. it was about four categories of jobs um and and some of my, it was, and I call those jobs almost jobs of desperation that you, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're desperate now. Lord, please give me a job. You don't care about the salary. You don't care about the, pick the benefit package, the company card, the American Express card. Lord, I just need a job. And so you need a check. <laughs> and, so, right. and so I've had, so I considered those like, Four or five categories. I've had those types of jobs in so my career. As has been, if you talk about a sailboat, it's been a you know, it's been cruise ships that I ain't have to do mm-hmm. anything. It's almost like a gravy train. I just show up and do the work. You know, you know. And then there's jobs where you know you're manning the whole boat. You are pulling up the sails. Mm-hmm. You're pulling up the ropes. You're paddling. <laughs> <laughs> you doing everything. To yeah. Keep that boat floating so you won't <laughs> sink. <laughs> so, and, and also you become very spiritual, but you have to do a lot of praying too, because it's. I should tell people you have more, you have more muff than money at those jobs. And so, mm-hmm. but one of the things that I've learned through all of those jobs that uh, I've learned something, you know, uh, uh, I tell people that my greatest career knowledge. And to how to do business and how to get things done it came out of being a pharmaceutical rep in my beginning job. Because when you become a rep in pharmaceuticals, I was working from home in the early 80s. Believe it or not, we had like a laptop in the probably in the mid 80s or mid early 90s. We had a laptop. We had right. email. We had dial up. We had you had your own voicemail that you would go to a pay phone and dial and listen to your voicemails. We were doing conference calls in the eighties. I think they have had to charge for conference. We charge for conference calls, and now they have free conference calls. So uh-huh. I, I learned, like I already, I know how to run a business, uh, to be the marketing person, the salesperson, <laughs> figure out the, the business, the the counting, the the, the, accounting, the, uh, the inventory, because I had to do all of that in the beginning of my mm-hmm. career, and so. When I when you learn and then also I learned about technical stuff because pharmaceuticals is a very technical field. So you have to do a lot of reading and also a lot of you know researching because some of the words, some of the ideas, I didn't understand, so I had to dig a little bit deeper. So I told people that most of my once you, once you run somebody else's company, that's what we were doing. You're running your own right. company, but their brand that and they taught you how to run their brand. That I could take those skills was transferable to any job. So, um, so I've taught. I um, I have, um, you know, uh, been a consultant. I've um, been a tutor. I have been a telemarketer. Um, I've done a lot of different things. But one of the things I tell people that everywhere I'm blessed that um, I, I've learned. Something I even have sold telecommunications, you know, like T1 lines and phones to small and mid sized businesses for it's a resale of AT&T. So, okay, I understand, you know, um, that industry. You know, not that I understand everything about the industry, but I understand that um, from a technical point of view, as well as, you know, if you have a small business, what type of, of telephone service are you are going to have? And you know, do you going to have a T one line, or you going to have, uh, you know, like what we have at our homes? But uh, but is it secure? And then I've sold to higher education, so I sold computers to University of Maryland and uh, computer systems, not just the computers, the, the servers, the the you know connecting the, the the computers with the home, you know, the main office and the mainframe, and and so. All of those things to me, I, I think since we were talking about careers and, you know, you talk about selling, I think I like moving, you know, and most Uh-oh. and most people may not like moving. It might be too scary for them, but I like it. I like adventure. And
1: what, what, is a T, what is a TI line? What is
0: a T, that? A T1 line. A T1 line is T1. A, it's a dedicated line to your building um, where... You know when you got um like your your phone line that you your wireless you have in your home, mm-hmm. that's you, that's really shared with kind of everyone in your neighborhood. It's a shared uh shared shared line for your whole neighborhood. It's a box probably outside of your neighborhood that the cable person pull everyone's line into their box. Oh, okay. With uh, a T1 line, like a company the size of yours, y'all probably have your own cable or own line, digital line that runs from your company to the main uh, processor somewhere. It's a, okay. So it's a dedicated line to uh, your company, to the, tele, the telecommunications company. But the most, most of us are using shared lines. Got it. Okay. So, um, you know, so things, you know, so those types of things to companies um, to make sure that they would have secure or they, you know, like if you're putting a lot of data, like like a company like yours is probably putting a lot of uh, scientific stuff across lines, diagrams. They need a big pipe to pull all of that data. They couldn't use your line in your house because it would jam up the line, it would clog up the line. But if you have a big line where you got a lot of people sending a lot of data, a lot of diagrams, a lot of um, uh, big, you know, big, uh, um, what you call it, computations or spreadsheets and all kinds of things that would take a lot of data, you need a bigger pipe to send that stuff across. And one of the the way I explained it, one, one time we were selling to a college. And um, they was going to give every freshman a laptop. This was before wireless wasn't, I don't think wireless was out yet. It was in the making, was not out yet. Um, So it was, so every, every freshman got a laptop. And so we were concerned that when every freshman went into their room and plugged into the, to this university's network, that it would shut down their, um, shut down their um, network. Because at that time I don't know, if you remember something called Napster, so a lot of yes. a, lot, a lot of the a lot of the male students, because we had also a, a appliance that went on on the server to show where all the data was being processed. The, the male students were pulling more data off the internet because of Napster, and they played games online. And so the, the scientists on campus, they needed the lines to share data with their researchers. We you know the government NASA and NSA the federal agencies. So we had to shut down the students pipe at night. I mean during the day, so the university professors could do their research exchange because the students were just the boys would stay on Napster and games all day and all night. But we gave Okay. So they need a dedicated line. So then we sold them a dedicated line for all the professors and the researchers and the students got a smaller line. And there was a little bit slower but But um,
1: so so you got to think about that, Diane. When would you have ever learned that had you not taken that job?
0: (laughs) Well, that's what I tell people. I'm I'm blessed that I'm not. I I think since you said traveling, I love to travel and I love adventure. So it was I I was telling you earlier that I thought having all those jobs seemed schizophrenic. But it's not really. It's my personality. I like moving. Mm-hmm. And I like learning and I like lo- and not, and not,
1: not not afraid to take that chance. Oh yeah,
0: because when I first got the job selling computers and networks to colleges and I will go to the uh, CIO's office and he'll be talking. I didn't know the I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but you looked
1: like you knew what he was talking about. That's the key, right? You still there, Diane? Hey, Diane. I, th- I think I hit a button that okay. canceled that. So hopefully, I'll can figure out how to connect these two.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I, 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 was, I was saying that um, before.
1: You didn't know what he was talking about, but you acted like you knew.
0: I acted like I knew. When I went back to the office, I told them that um, one of the things we might look at is us traveling with an engineer when we made appointments. So we will have to, we would not only look intelligent, but we would sound intelligent. We have a team. And okay. they started hiring more engineers, not just to go out and do the work, but actually to go on sales calls with us. So we could sound and act and perform as a team and get the job done and so...
1: Make you, make the sale, basically.
0: Yeah, make the sale, and, and, and maybe shorten the sales process. That's what they we decided It shortens the oh, sales okay. process, because you know, you have to bring somebody back, you know, you're making the call, then you have to bring them back, and then you have to keep going back and forth, and so, uh, but um, I like the sale part of doing the career, so people don't have to think that everyone has the same destination. Um, Great. Right. Right. You know, and just. <laughs> And that's who we are. We are adventurous. We are travelers. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think about. I, I didn't like the sales part, and I, I've learned that I am. You know, I, I'm not a good salesperson. <laughs> you know, I can sell myself. but I don't like selling things Mm -hmm. because when I sell things, it feels like I am manipulating people. That's the way I feel like I really want to get to know people, not just sell them something. I found that out about myself when in all of these jobs that I've had. Um, But one of the things I wanted to talk a little bit about, especially if we have a younger group listening to the podcast at some point is make good use of your time in high school.
0: Yeah. So,
1: you know, meaning that you have to take certain courses and then there are courses that you can take as electives. Really think about those electives and what you take, because the electives that I decided to take was bookkeeping. And at the time when I was in high school, it was called typing. Now it's called keyboard. Mm-hmm. Those things got me my first job, my first real job uh, as a full charge bookkeeper. You know, so that's somebody who's doing the books and they're taking it all the way to financial statements. Um, So that was kind of like my first job. And and most of the jobs I've had since then have dealt with money, you Mm. know, and a lot of money. Um, And I'm not I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, I like numbers. I can understand numbers. I can work with numbers, uh, but I like working with people more. But most of my jobs have been working with numbers. Um, so that's what I've kind of learned is that started out as a bookkeeper. And then I did what I call fell into a career. I fell into a profession. I fell into purchasing. So I fell into purchasing. It's still numbers. It's still money. Now it is salespeople are coming to me and I'm buying. I like that better. You mm-hmm. know, I'm in, you know, I'm in more control that way. Mm-hmm. Either I'm. You know, I can make the decision, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like so- you
0: manipulate it?
1: No, because I know what it feels like to manipulate others, trying to sell them something. So I know when they're running the sales pitch on me. And at the end of the day, I've always been a bottom line person. Back to the numbers thing, a bottom line person. This is what we want. Can you provide what we want? Can you provide that service afterwards? You know, are you somebody we want to work with long term? So no. Uh, and I did the inside sales thing. I did the inside sales thing after I did purchasing, fell into purchasing. Then I went into inside sales. The inside sales is a little bit different than outside sales, you know? So inside sales, I liked it because it was more project management. Mm-hmm. Somebody else sold the product. And at that time it was, um, it was even, it was before touchscreens were a big thing, but we sold the touchscreens for like your ATM machine for those, uh, uh, medical devices. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were making the touch screens and all the technology. Somebody else sold it. We, as, as inside sales, kind of like the account manager, you made sure we made it in the factory and production. You made sure we made it on time, made enough of them. You you got the, you know, the purchase order in, you did the sales order. I like that. I liked all that. Um, but somehow, some way, um, The main thing for people to understand, even though you fell into something, like I Mm -hmm. fell into purchasing and I fell into it, I just quit it. I went into what I really love, training and development, and now I'm back in purchasing again, right? Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, it was not, it was not an easy entry back in because I really fought it, you know, like, oh, how could after all that I have done, I'm back doing what I fell into very early in my career. But it's something I can do, I like to do, and I've found ways to um, to take everything that I've done over the last 25 years and put it into the current role that I have in purchasing. So I'm still doing training, you know, I'm still doing change management, I'm still doing project management, I'm still doing all those things in, in bits and pieces, even though the, the function is purchasing, right? So main key here is don't stay stuck whether it's a career, a profession, uh, a business. And I can say that from the business I'm in right now. It's like my own gift shop. It's like I am stuck because after cancer and COVID, everything is boxed up, you know, right? So I'm stuck with, wow, you know, I don't want to give up this building because I know I'm going to think of the next big thing and I'm going to need a building, right? And I'm going to have my own Company where I'm going to hire people to do a job. Wow, so, okay. so, the goal is don't stay stuck, keep moving. You move out of that port, find your next goal. You know, figure out a plan to get to it. And I don't know if I don't know if this audio is good or not, Diane, because Excellent. I hear feedback.
0: Yeah, I can hear it. It's fine. Well, one of the things I was thinking about um, since you was talking about high school and classes, mm-hmm. one of the things I was talking to uh, um, one of my. Uh, new clients and persons that I talked to about this uh, business idea, um, business model we're working on, is that I want students um, in high school, maybe even middle school, and and definitely in college, everyone should leave with a business plan, because I think that it's good to have a, a career, it's good to go and have a job. But when you're a kid, especially in middle school, high school, college, and you don't have mortgage or rent, uh, car payment—well, some, some people in college have all that stuff. But if you can avoid having all that stuff, develop your business plan, and you're around people, especially in college, even in, in middle school and high school, mm-hmm. um, that you you can watch your friends, listen to your friends, uh, get you know their skills, you know their weaknesses and strengths. And you can actually have your management team right there with you. Or it don't have to be your friends. It can be kids that you hear talk or present or right. uh, they, they're similar, you know, and goals oriented and, and, you know, and innovative. That I think that every school should have kids not only with a portfolio. My, my niece's school uh, she actually, they develop a portfolio and they have to present their portfolio, not their grades. So every semester, that's how they go, go to the next grade. They present their portfolio. Well, so we, I think that everybody yeah. should have a business plan, should leave it for business plan.
1: I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I'm even thinking that it should start even earlier than that. And here's why I say that. Because okay. with Denijah, my granddaughter, She's 10. And I mean, honestly, I've always lived my life with a plan, right? I have. Mm-hmm. So with her, I kind of did the same thing with her about a week ago. And she called it, oh, calls me Rita. Oh, Ryder, when is this meeting gonna be over? But <laughs> we did <laughs> she's used to the Zoom meetings now, so now she's she's knows about meetings, right? Mm-hmm. So we did a three-year life plan. And I put it on a big little chart for her and I went start with health because health is your first wealth. If you're not healthy, it doesn't matter what you want to do It's it's you always going to be thinking about your health. So your health, you know, and then, you know, certainly includes your weight and exercise and what you're eating. where you are today where do you want to be three years from now you know when you're in the eighth grade how do you want to look and feel you know then I just kind of went through some categories with her like health you know what are you going to be what's your school life going to be like what your home life going to be like what about finances and money you know are you going to have you know what are you going to do with the money that you're getting um, every two weeks what are you going to save for and then businesses of course right mm-hmm. like what type of what type of what type of thing would you want to do I mean she came up with some great things like she wants to do hair she, yeah um, she's always
0: wanted to do it since she was little right trouble with a little um, lipstick yeah and, and, herself, and she's been like three or
1: four years old. yeah so it's like so she's like okay so if you want to do hair well she's good at hair you need a mannequin okay so you mm-hmm. take some of that money and you buy a mannequin she wants to make lip gloss. She wants to make her own sauce, like cooking sauce. So, I mean, to me, I think it is, even if the school doesn't do it, as parents, as grandparents, we can do that for our children and our grandchildren. To really help them see where you are today is not where you need to be or should be three years, five years from now. Just gotta kind of help them think it through, even if it just plants a little seed.
0: I think you just got a, a purpose for your building. You can start that with children, the children, entrepreneurs and visions for children. Because I think that if children are truly our future, where they are, that the what the answers to our problems and our solutions are already there. And plus them being so tech savvy mm-hmm. can develop, a, you know, you can partner with a girl's code a black girl's code. And now you, can develop an app around their ideas, and you can develop business business models towards their ideas. I really believe that children and young people. I just finished this project um, with this technical association, um, and my job was to recruit undergrad and grad students to present their research, and and uh, and actually um, get them recorded, and then we stored it on YouTube and then on the website, and then the the students actually presented. And I had the opportunity to work, you know, to be the coordinator. So I saw a lot of their research, but you know, some of it I understand. It's STEM mostly STEM stuff. And, okay. and some of it I understood some of it I didn't have a clue. But the things that I understood that I saw them being apps, like one young lady, she's majoring math computation or computer computations, and and she lives in Atlanta. And um and she looked at uh, uh, sex trafficking and young girls and um, the people who do it, the people who are arrested, the students, I mean, the young people who are involved, and the police forces who are making the most arrests. And so she uh, looked at all this stuff kind of can go, to, you know, it's not in one place, but she developed a data, she wants to develop a database as well as kind of if this young girl is arrested for being a sex trafficker or being caught prostitution, who is she related to and what all all those points. And so to me that could be an app that policemen have on their phone or it's an app in every police department. So they're not running around one person could lead them to twenty arrests or twenty kids that can be found that's in the system. And And so and so instead of just having it as an as a exercise that she finished her master's, a PhD, take that exercise and turn it into an app or something that the university could sell to every police force in the world. Wonderful. And so, and so it's the same thing, I, you know, what your daughter saying, you know, she wants to produce her, uh, your granddaughter saying she wants to um, produce her own lip gloss and, and um, tomatoes, means I means sauces for food, you could take that, get somebody to help her put the ingredients, have some tasters, some marketing, mm-hmm. and actually see if you can sell it locally, and then, you know, maybe in Whole Foods, but why not take their ideas and bring them, and bring them to fruition, and so she's not changing 16 jobs, she's Right. She has the next Amazon where every product she has to <laughs> <can> go. <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean, exactly. I mean, let's make it a let's make it better for the next generation, right?
0: Yes. Yes. And so I think that that the the, the education and the workforce model this COVID might be changing that model because uh, as I, t- I have a, a, a grandniece that's fifteen, be sixteen soon, and I was telling her mother to call the school. And find out if she can start to take, she's in 10th grade, so she can start taking 11th grade work because everything is online. So why do you have to wait to the next year? Why can't, right. we, why, why can't we have it? You can finish school in eight years. Why do you have to go for 12 years and you can finish in seven or 10 or six? And, and so we might have to change the model of work to me mm-hmm. and education because the model is it's old it's a very very old model and i have a computer in my house that's a 2012 laptop and when my um grandnie's come over when she was four she's like nine now she said i'm dying you're doing it wrong i said doing what wrong you're supposed to touch the screen you keep using that thing right there she's talking (laughs) about You don't know anything about this. This is circa 2012. You probably was born in 20 uh, <laughs> 13 or 15. So you don't know about this. This is a this is a mouse. You used to touch screens. <laughs> <Right>. Wow. <laughs> and, and so they they they're so young they never even use mouse, mice. or so mouses, mice. And so that so to me, they can learn almost anything you know cuz they can understand youtube and can't read they can go on a touch screen and can't read and use right. you know at 1 and 2 and 4 and so um to me the the model has to change about work and oh yeah
1: and education. absolutely yes you know one one of the things that has just it's it's almost uh it's been interesting is and I have to send you this information, Diane, because I really want you to take a look at it. It's just such a big is so much data, it's hard for me to send it because it's too much data. Okay. But for for the last five years, I've been collecting data from people about careers and jobs, and specifically people who hate their jobs and want to just quit. Right. So. You know how many data points I have right now? How many? 9,999. Wow. One from 10,000. But here's the interesting thing is. I haven't had I can't get that one more because things have changed so much. That. You know, maybe it's that people are working from home and at least that factor has been removed of why they hate their job. You know, they may not like the people they work with. So it's less of that. It's less of that dynamic. Maybe it's that people really don't have a job right now because they were let go because of what ha- what's happened with COVID. Right. But you're right. Something has changed because I can see it in the traffic. I can see it in the fact I can't get that one more person, Right so and i'm kind of thinking this data is pre covid right wow. and post post covid will be people are going to move more towards of their life's work not these jobs yes. that you have, but more of taking their skills and talents and what they enjoy and actually being able to do it and and survive doing it
0: well, so yeah i, I agree yeah, with you. I, you I i think you i think you understand something. this um uh, this morning, well, not this morning, yesterday, um, well, let me go back, fast forward about 10 years ago before I get to yesterday, but 10 years ago, I was, I, was going, I was going to work, walking from my house to the subway station, and a friend of mine called me, and he said, so what's up? And I almost started crying because I hated my job so much, but I had to walk up to this metro and go to work. And so he said, what's mm-hmm. wrong? Because um, he must have heard in my voice, and I said, I really hate this job. But, you know, I need this job to pay the bills and to okay. keep a roof over my head. And he said, so he said, this is what I'm going to tell you. Um, he said, don't ask God or don't pray for another job. Ask God or write an affirmation. And tell God and tell the spirit what you want your right and perfect place to be.
1: Oh, Wonderful.
0: And he said, and tell him how you would feel when you're in your right and perfect place and mm-hmm. how it looked. And so every time you're at that job and you feel like you can't do it anymore, read about, read your affirmation about your right and perfect place. And so fast forward to now, I'm in my right and perfect place. And um, yesterday I was doing something and my phone rang. And so... <laughs> I did, I couldn't find the phone so I finally found it and it was, a lady had done some consulting with her before and so I called her back and so she said oh, um, remember I, told, I sent you some stuff in the mail and I said, I was thinking to myself yeah, I saw it, but I'm not going to do anything to work because you know, you know, I know I should whatever you want me to do, I should get paid to do it, that's what happened last year so I said, yeah, I saw it and so she went on to tell me, you know um, what it, it entails and And um, what she needed. And she said. then she said, send me um, something to tell me how much you want to get paid. So I said, okay. I said, "Um, wow. So I looked at it and I read through it. Then I couldn't find a piece that they said goes with it. So I read through it again and I still didn't find the piece. So I texted her and said, where's the piece? And while I was texting, I found the the application that went with the process that she wanted me to do. So then I sent her a statement of what I want to be paid up front and then what I would pay when I finish. And so um, and so she said, Well, we don't have that in the budget. Can you take this? You know, I was thinking, boy, yeah, I can take that, you know. I kind of inflated it a little bit anyway. <laughs> so, okay, okay. No problem. And so the, the thing I'm saying that so I started looking at it, and it's something I can do. I did it last year, but it's a little bit more to it. But I can do it. And then I said, let me show. You, I can really do it. I can take it to another level. So I sent another piece with it. So she called me this morning. So she said, what is your um, what is your cash app? So believe it or not, it was sleep. So so I was really waking up, trying to act like I was not asleep because it was ten o'clock. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I had, this is my second wake up. I woke up at 60 and X. I I really had a thing at 930 at Zoom. I was like, oh, my God, I was through the Zoom. So I said, I woke up at 10 I was alert. And I gave her my cash app. And so she said, okay, I transferred your first payment. And I was so... I wow, at it and I was like, that's wonderful. So I was I so saw I looked at I've had three payments transferred to this caps that I haven't transferred into my bank account and I looked at it and I was thinking this is not ridiculous but this is my right in perfect place. I'm in bed sleep um, and then and, and then one day in less than twenty four hours I would make almost what I would make it like in two weeks. <laughs> you
1: know? Wow, that is excellent, Diane.
0: So, I, I love that. And so all of what I've learned from it is I wish I knew this years ago. And I wish, that's why I say if kids can start their own business, I wish I knew this years ago. I wish I knew how to monetize what I know years ago and ask for what I want years ago. And then deliver, mm-hmm. but deliver at another level that not only, you know, satisfies the customer, but the customer know this is the person I need on my team. I mean, I need to call to get the work done because you're on the team right. you still can, you work, you're not walking up to the Metro and going and sitting in a cube and listening to, you know, sitting somewhere you don't want to be for eight to 10 hours. Um, I'm in bed at 10 o'clock and I can work on it all day long or when I want to. And, and so, and then to me, you can do both. If you want to work a nine to five and then if you want to monetize your value, or right in your right and perfect place.
1: Okay. You know, what I, what I heard in that, Diane, was the right and perfect place is a great name for a career model. Wow. So one of these, one of the, we have as one of the topics for our podcast is all of our ideas. Okay. And then also a separate one is all of the things we have tried and done, two different things. Um, so that's an entire other podcast we're between this one and the last one we're probably right at that 40-45 minute mark so is there anything you'd like to close with? Well
0: I'd like to close with um, since we talked about writing Perfect Place um, since we are in a special time in our history and in our um, in our personal lives and in the life of our country probably the life of the world that you talked about life's work and, um, and health as well. Um, and life is, you know, you know, you can scroll through social media, color television that people are, you know, we're blessed right now that we're in our comfort or our homes. And maybe some of our friends and people who are listening to this that we don't even know they might be in the comforts of their home or they may not be. But this is a precious time in our history. So if you can find your life's work while you're, um, you know, uh, social distancing's in our home, then I think that just be quiet and listen to your inner self and the spirit that's within you and find out what that can be. And, um, and so, you know, the sailing would be uh, joyous and enjoyous. It's not that you're out there on the ocean, feel like you're in a storm, but you have chosen this path and you go where the ways leave you but you have a destination but I think your life's work um, is important to find too as well as your career So,
1: absolutely positively so we will end this podcast on that note okay. and we will talk again next sounds week sounds
0: like a winner sounds good talk to you later uh, cousin dropping knowledge
1: cousins dropping knowledge okay. Bye. Bye.